How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Emerald City Hockey Post Game Live. That was a tough one, RJ. I mean, look, Kraken, they had good first road period, got up to an early 2-0 lead. Rough start to the second period. Then Dave Haxtell takes a very well-timed timeout, turns the thing around for the team there, just couldn't quite come back. And then obviously with the penalty situation at the end, Yanni Gord taking that five-minute major for charging just kind of really sealed this one for Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, frustrations really boiled over at the end, and I, I understand why they'd feel frustrated too, right? Really unfortunate turning point in this game as the Kraken goal to tie the game is disallowed uh, for an offside. I mean, it's the right call. Yamamoto was offside, but man, after that stretch of play, that's maybe my favorite two minutes or so of Kraken hockey this season. Just the cycle from the fourth line, the stretch pass from Joey Decord, and, and it seems like the game's tied until it isn't. I think the Kraken recovered well from it, but ultimately that's just a frustrating way to lose a game. It was, it was. I mean, like they played a really solid game. I felt like their effort in this one was certainly better than the last two games. I thought like this one was really, they, they stepped up. They seemed prepared for it, especially in that first period we were seeing them. They were always in the passing lane, always disrupting the Oilers playing very physical, their PK unit in the first period playing man to man, which was very interesting, but very effective against the deadly Oilers power play. Um, and then it just kind of got away from them, right? Start the second period. It just wasn't that. And and things got away from them there. Uh, but we'll get into all of it, of course, with everybody here in post game live. Got to shout out Flatstick Pub for sponsoring this as always, including uh, we got some news about them, right, RJ? That's right. We do. Uh, we finally we have a date here for the Flatstick uh, Pub watch party that's going to happen at the South Lake Union location. It's going to be February 13th. So that's a 430 start time for the game against the New York Islanders. Uh, so we'll have more details for you as that date approaches. But mark it on your calendar, February 13th at the South Lake Union location. So excited. Yeah. Yep, definitely excited to be able to do something at one of their awesome locations there. And then looking over here, we've got some super chats here from Light. We'll start off with first one. I really wanted this for the guys. I love the effort, but small things cost them the game. Dunn and Riker running the power play will help so much, and basically everyone else lost tonight. Silver linings. Yeah, I mean, look, this was, it felt like their healthiest game played in a little while. Right. I know you're still missing Vince Dunn, but you get Andre Burakovsky back. I felt like that really helped out things on the fourth line. And he looked good on the power play, just as he did when he left a little while ago. And then Riker Evans, RJ, stepping up in place of Vince Dunn, kind of just plug and replace. Absolutely huge. And you mentioned after the last on the last post game, you said kind of interchangeable with Vince Dunn. And you, you know, kind of stopped yourself after saying that, like, look, I'm not saying they're at the same level or that they're you just the style is kind of the most similar comp. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Tonight, that's the word I kept coming back to is interchangeable. It, he looked just like Vince Dunn on that D pair. He led the Kraken with almost 23 minutes of ice time tonight. And I thought he looked like their best defenseman. I mean, this is a big step up for Riker Evans and in a really important game too. shows how much Dave Haxtell trusts it. He was all over the place in this one. And he, he was so poised, right? Like that was the word uh, that we talked about in, um, in the live game commentary. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us for that one as well. All of our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash Emerald city hockey. But he was so poised in the face of so much in this one, right? And I think about that one play that he made in the first period. It was very early on in the game where he's skating back against Connor McDavid. And he goes to play the puck and the linesman kind of gets in the way of him playing the puck. The puck gets a little past him. McDavid gets around him with the spin move. And Riker Evans has to come back and, and he's, he stays calm. 
He doesn't take a penalty. He doesn't freak out. He comes back into the zone. He's able to make a strong defensive play, start moving the puck back up in a positive direction for the Kraken. And I think that just speaks volumes about a guy who had only played in 10 games so far, right? Like that's just not what you expect to see from somebody when they're going toe to toe against the best player in the world. And I thought it spoke, it spoke volumes about where Riker Evans is at right now in his development. Light with another super chat here, Winterton and Shane, I'd love to see them again. I think we'd all love to see them. Look, we will soon, right? Like as, as soon as next year, potentially. Um, but right now I just don't know that it's time, especially as the Kraken find themselves here, RJ in a three game skid. Yeah, I mean, it's I think we only see them if it's really break glass in case of emergency time. And there's just nothing in their play tonight or over the stretch of the last, you know, 10, 15 games that makes me think that it's, you know, emergency time yet for those to keep letting them cook in Coachella Valley. They're doing a great job there. I think there's a chance we see them as the season goes on a little bit later. But uh, right now, I think the plan is just to keep them down. Yeah, uh, Mark Cass kicking off things over on the, the chat side of things. I need therapy stats. I hate the Oilers. I mean, I think all Kraken Nation's kind of right there with you. Uh, it's just another tough game against this team, RJ. Like, you know, this is one of the better efforts the Kraken have had against them, and yet we still just sit here with seemingly the same result anyway. Yeah, and the Oilers just seem to match up so well against the Kraken, just with their high-end talent and what they're able to do. You can't have even a momentary lapse of focus against this Oilers team. They will make you pay. Yeah, uh, infamous hate how much the Oilers get away with because they're the NHL's darlings with their superstars. I don't know. I thought, you know, look, Kraken had five power plays and they didn't convert on any of them. Right? Like, yeah, they I mean, McDavid even got called a couple times. Yeah, twice McDavid went to the box. So very different than what we saw Monday against the, the Penguins and Crosby. Um, and then uh, Habak, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Not good. Yeah. Zoe had a good time on the live watch. Yes, it was fun having you in there, Zoe, along with everybody else. Um, have the Kraken ever won a game when a goal is taken away on a challenge? Seemed like that's always a backbreaker. I'm infamous there. Yeah, I mean, that was a big, tough moment in this one, RJ, because it was a it was a great setup. Like, everything about it was great. You talked about it earlier, right? The cycle in the offensive zone, you're taking advantage of the fact that it's the second period, and you have your offensive, you know, your bench right there in the offensive zone. It's sweet. You're able to get Wenberg out there. You're able to get... um. Brandon Tanev out there. Kaylor Yamamoto's the last player out there from that fourth line that had done all that work, RJ. Puck goes back out of the zone. Joey makes a great pass up to Wenberg to spring another rush. And Yamamoto just barely offsides on the channel. So close. I mean, you saw how excited I was getting on the live watch along. I usually like play it pretty cool for moments like that. I think that might be the most excited I've ever gotten on one of those over a goal or a moment or anything, because it's exactly what you want to see from the Kraken. Mm -hmm. The fourth line, what makes them so special too? the fourth line out there cycling against the McDavid line too. you got to look at who was out there for Edmonton. Just hem the McDavid line in for a minute and a half in their own zone. Are able to use that to parlay it into the quick up from Joey Decord because no other goalie can really do that. That is yeah. such a great pass. And then, yeah, didn't didn't count. <laughs> I know. Uh, another super chat here from Light. Also, I really want to see Riker shoot more. Anyone who saw him in CV knows his shot isn't hard and fast, but it's super elusive. That it is. And he was shooting in this one, RJ. You could tell he wanted his first NHL goal in this game. And I know what you're saying, Light, because he was really trying to pick his spots in this one. There was even one point in time where I did ask that he start shooting a little bit lower so that, you know, he could maybe create a rebound up front for guys to other guys to get to. But you could tell he was feeling it in this one, RJ, because he was really trying to get one. 
Yeah, he also uh, he did tie for the team lead with four shots on goal. It was him and Tolvin and the only two who had four. Um, he was putting a lot of pucks toward the net. I, I don't mind even if he wants to shoot more. I think, um, you know, let that shot do its work. And I, I think you're right, Light, that the shot, again, it doesn't have the most power on it, but it's elusive. He's good at, wow, what does Merrick call it? The the sifter kind of yeah, get it through sifter. traffic, yeah. right? Finding the lane. He has a good sifter. Yes, he does. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. So good. Uh, B, of all the things that happened in this game, stealing away Joey's beautiful assist is the most unforgivable to me. Why is playing the Oilers always the literal worst? That is true. I mean, it would have been a great assist, too. That would have been great to have. Because, you know, at this point, everybody's watching Joey DeCordar, Jay. They would have all shown that highlight and talked about it. It would have been a lot of fun. I know. Um, And, you know, over the last week... I, I, I've started seeing him on Twitter get some Vesna conversation mm-hmm. around him, at least mm-hmm. in, you know, the talk kind of being there in the top 10 or top five or so. Uh, and that would have helped, I think. Yep, that it is. Lindsay, aside from the first 10 minutes of the second, it wasn't an awful game, but giving me all that hope in the first with the 2 nothing lead really stings. Yes. And it was. It was literally just a 10-minute stretch of time, RJ, where the game got away from the crack and. Look, it obviously got away from them to the point where Dave Haxtell felt the need to call a timeout. I mean, we know it takes a ton for him to do that, RJ. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what went wrong because the Kraken, they were so prepared and looked so good in the first period and then just came out so flat. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Oilers maybe were able to adjust a little bit, kind of find their legs. But still, I think there's kind of unforced errors from the crack. And you look at that first Oilers goal and you got Tolvanen and Alexiak going into that same corner together. And like Borgen is not in a bad position there, but he, he does leave a little bit of extra room for Fogel uh, back door. And that's all the room that the Oilers need on plays like this. Joey almost got across to save it. But it's yep. just little things where it, there's just no margin for error against this Oilers team. Yep. Chris, I know it's not a rivalry yet, but will be nice in the future for a Kraken enforcer to remind Edmonton they're not given any free passes. I think there was a couple of moments of that a little bit in this one, and then obviously the game ended the way that it did. Uh, and I'm not even referencing the Yanni Gord one, just the Will Borgen Fogel stuff. Yeah. Uh, whatever that ended up being as they were trying to figure it all out. But yeah, I I, I see where you're coming from, Chris. I, I do. Um, Although I will say I liked what Ty Karche did in this game tonight. Like from that yes. kind of, you know, and not, not so much like enforcer in the traditional sense, but, you know, that big hit against McLeod making his presence felt uh, and and hitting McDavid after he kind of gave that little elbow shiver to Riker Evans and, and McDavid getting in his face afterward because he was yeah. annoyed by it. So I, I like Karche playing that role tonight. Yeah. And the fourth line, I would argue, was the second best line for the Kraken in this one behind the Yanni Gord line. Right? Like they, I think I'd they, agree with that. Yeah, they played really well. When they when the team needed a sustained offensive presence, they were the, the line that could help yeah. give them that uh yeah. in a game Becca where they asking, didn't have a lot. What did McDavid say to Karche though? Hey Buster, knock it off. I think <laughs> that's that's what hockey players uh, say. Yeah, that's what they say. That's definitely what they say. Whenever they're mic'd up, that's all I ever hear. Yeah. Um the little bit that they're allowed to use. Uh, B name a bigger enemy to the Kraken than a two goal lead. You can't. You can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's most yeah that's that's about it warren fogel and zach hyman there you go there's two uh <laughs> yanni versus mcdavid rivalry was not on my 2024 bingo card from george and then nicole this game was just stupid and ugly i hope they learn from it losing like this is way worse than whatever happened with the pens and rangers so nicole kind of go in the opposite direction there but does it sting worse nicole because you felt like they had a chance of this one in the way we didn't really feel like they had one in those two games. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I think that it stings worse 
but I'd, I'd rather see this on a more consistent basis than the Penguins game. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a better sign of things to come, I think. Yep. Well, Habak's here to help. I got ibuprofen ready for them if it comes down to it. <laughs> I Trust me, I the hockey players probably need it. <laughs> just all the time, they probably need it. Uh, Aaron, Kraken had five chances on the power play and only needed to convert one to get a point. Need to do better. And this really felt like a step back for their power play, RJ, because their power play has been good through most of the year. But in this one, it was really it was it was we talked about it a lot on the live game commentary. You brought this up, the idea of it being overcoached when it came to the entries and just exiting the defensive zone. There was that one power play opportunity, RJ, where it took them 30 to 40 seconds just to get out of their own zone. And they weren't even being pressured. They just couldn't set up the way they wanted to. Yeah, they were trying to set up this very specific zone entry attempt and it just kind of wasn't working and it felt like they just wasted a lot of time in the effort to do so. I mean, I like the suggestion that Zoe brought up on the on the live commentary uh, about why don't you have Joey Decord kind of go for those stretch passes a little bit more. If the other team's making a line change, just have Joey get out there, leave one skater from the previous unit out there. You can kind of change it a bit later uh, and just work on that stretch pass. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an excellent idea. I would love to start seeing that from the team because, yeah, they they need to do something there. Uh, Schultz with the super chat here. Thank you very much. Fortunately, not too much ground lost with uh, not not too much ground lost with the L's. Time to regroup and get healthy at home. Has Gru had a setback close for um, Winter Classic now week to week? I mean, that's certainly what we've been thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've been wondering since the aftermath of the Winter Classic. Uh, the crack had been on the road, so I haven't really had the chance to ask about it. Uh, but that's something I, I certainly intend on finding out uh, in a couple of days when they come back home. Yeah, definitely. Um, Aaron asking, can anyone here explain why it wasn't a four-on-four situation when Gord and Ekholm's penalties started? Uh, because um, Yanni was given the, the major for it, so... Right. Right. And that's a that's a rule. I don't remember when they they changed that. But when you have a, a major and like, you know, the offset minor, I think that gets thrown to the end, if I'm correct, or if it's if it's a major the other way. Yeah, I mean, it must. I mean, like, there's just no four on four at all to it. Right. Because you, you're not going to make the Oilers pull somebody off. the. Or was there the somebody else, or did they did they give your uh, Gord like a, another minor in that scrum and then that offset or. What was the? No, I don't China. think so. Uh, looking at the at the penalty thing, Yanni Gord charging against uh, T.S. Ekholm, and then Ekholm and then they gave Yanni Gord. That's it. Huh? You're right. So, so I yeah, think so... that is I think that is the rule change. I'm sure somebody could let us know. Probably because Viren. There it is. It's Viren. Of, <laughs> yeah, of course, it's because it's in the last five minutes of the game. That is what the rule change was. If it's in the last five minutes of a game, then that two minutes doesn't doesn't offset. Yeah. Definitely. I knew I had read about that somewhere like a couple weeks ago. And of course, Byron's just right on it. Yep. Perfect. So the team, yeah, she Love had. It. So the team that's supposed to benefit from the major actually gets to benefit from it. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, George, John Hayden, all in caps. Now, Look, I love having Berkey back. I love having him out there for the power play, RJ. It was interesting, though, that you would that we would see Yamamoto in this game. I know it's against his former team. But we'd see him in a game in which the Kraken also very much, it seemed like, decided they wanted to play very physical. Surprising yeah. that you'd have Yamamoto out there instead of John Hayden while you still have John Hayden up and with the team. Right. I just, I think it's, he's another level. Yamamoto is another level of player from John Hayden. And I think yeah. given the kind of unofficial depth chart, when you're looking at wingers, Hayden is only there if like people aren't good enough to go. Like he, but he is in the AHL call up group and Yamamoto is in the regular group. And I think it was just that simple. Yeah. 
definitely. Uh, Chip, offsides, 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 and another offsides. <laughs> so <laughs> know which place sticking with Chip for this one. Circling Seattle Sports will be nice to get back home, get a couple days off, and then back to work when Toronto comes to town. I do think the two days off are going to help for sure. Um, gosh, that game was frustrating. Feel like I'm starting to hate Edmonton more than Vegas from Dexter. Look, to be real, like we we were able to beat Vegas in that winter classic, all that kind of stuff. I mean, Edmonton is still the team, RJ. It feels like really constantly gets us. Yeah, feels like the results of late have I don't know. I, I would feel more optimistic going into a game against Vegas than against Edmonton right now. Yep. Sean also echoing the st- sentiments from earlier strikes me that almost every time this season that something like that happens, the, the offsides, they just fade. Um, it does seem to be a little bit of an issue for them. And then Jessica, given all the illness, I appreciate the overall effort. Let's get these guys home and healthy. Uh, it's certainly going to help more than anything right now. It's just getting everybody. I healthy. mean, you saw the difference that one day off in between games made for them, you know, from the Rangers game to this one. I thought it was just night and day effort wise. Two days is going to really help. Yep. Uh, we had some talk about this in the live at the end of the live game commentary too, RJ. But Alan here, probably worst game of the road trip. Blew a lead, casual penalties, uh, casualty penalties. Uh Oilers being unbearably angry towards Seattle and an all around frustrating game to watch after the first period. I just, I don't know. Like that, that, that game against the Penguins was just so off. They looked so bad. Like in this one, there was moments that I really, really enjoyed like the PK unit in the first period and the, and the style that they were playing. And maybe this is just cause I'm, I'm a nerd for X's and O's stuff, but looking at the preparation, the Kraken had for that first period and how much they adjusted their style of play to combat the opponent that they were going up against. I really liked that. And I didn't see that at all against the Rangers or Penguins. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's out of these last three games. I think it's the best one the Kraken have played. If you come into this game playing exactly how you did against Pittsburgh or to an extent, New York, you get smoked. Like this scoreline looks a heck of a lot worse. Yeah, I, I certainly think so. Um, Let's see, Stratic. Do we want the Kings or Preds to win? Now, that is an interesting question, given where everything's at right now, RJ. They are playing each other right now. Last I checked, it was uh, 2-1 Kings, I believe, uh, at the second intermission. That's an interesting question. Which team would you rather be chasing right now? Uh, You know, I think you want the Kings to win. I I just, I think... There's a chance, certainly after three losses here, you got to be more concerned with just getting into the playoffs in that last spot. Uh, and Nashville, you know, Kings still have three games in hand on Nashville, and they're only one point ahead. But I think Nashville's the more realistic target as far as a team that you can catch. I do. It's the games in hand still scare me from LA. So I, I'm yep. with you. I think the, they'll the figure it out at some point. Yep, definitely. Love all the love for Riker Evans in here, by the way, everybody. I very much am seeing it. And yes. it's it's very much shared from RJ and I. Sergio, I, I like I don't like the Oilers. They switch in my list. Most hated teams with Vegas and take first place. From the other hand, I feel Edmonton will make the Stanley Cup final. I know they've certainly been a popular pick. And look, RJ, the fact that they could look as bad as they did in this first period, come back out and just torch a team with three goals in 10 minutes like that especially against the Joey Decord. It's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, they are dangerous now. I mean, they're only four points back of Vegas with three games in hand. Like they're, they're yeah. almost tied with Vegas in points percentage. I mean, they're making a run toward the top of the Pacific division here. Um, they're just a dangerous team. I, I would not want to play them in a playoff series. Well, casually have won 12 in a row too. What? Yeah, I think what only uh, how many teams have done that? 19. Only 19 times that's happened. So um, 
Yeah, and and as I mentioned on the on the live commentary, no team with a win streak that long has uh, has missed okay, the playoffs. Okay. So they're going to make it. Yeah, yeah, all we right, could stop right, now. Right. We could stop now. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Two players as good as Vince Dunn sounds pretty good to me, especially for for the future from Viren. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I think it's going to be interesting to see whenever Vince Dunn comes back, whether or not Rikers played well enough to stay in the lineup, RJ and stay on the roster. Really? Like that's another thing to consider once Vince Dunn comes back. Cause I think he has, and I have to imagine Hackstall trusting him like this for back-to-back games, giving him the most ice time, all of this stuff, the different situations they've put him in. I, I gotta think that that means something. Right. I mean, this game uh, of all of them, I think would erase the doubt for me, because after the last couple of games, he was getting big minutes in those games. But you could point to maybe lopsided scores, certainly late against the Rangers. Second half of a back to back, you the game's out of hand. You're going to play the mm-hmm. kid who's got the legs. So I didn't put a ton yeah. of stock into that. But in this game, a game that was close until pretty much the very end against a good team. Riker Evans led the entire team in ice time. I mean, I think that says a lot. Justin Schultz had the least amount of ice time. I mean, there's like a seven minute difference there. That has to mean something. It has to. Nicole, they should have let Carts fight McDavid. Would have sparked me some joy. That would have been such a fun fight to see, RJ. I know. I know. How My, many fights does McDavid even have in his career? I have no idea. That's a good you, question. Your instant legend status if you're Ty Karchi and you can get McDavid to fight you. Oh, totally. Like everybody will know who you are league-wide, definitely. Uh, Chip, it was really only four power plays. One was 19 seconds. Normally, I'm always there with you, Chip, on that, right? Like I will totally agree with you um, that that one, you know, because it, it was the whole makeup call on McDavid after the Borgen thing, right? We talked about that uh, in the live game commentary. The one reason why I'm going to go ahead and count it and say that the Kraken really kind of blew it and went over five is because for that 19 seconds, one, the Kraken knew they were going to get that 19 seconds and they did nothing to set up for it. And two, I, I think for that 19 seconds, they didn't have the puck for 17 of those 19 seconds. Like they did nothing to set themselves up for that or to try to use that to spring momentum, get set up in the offensive zone, even if it was going to go to five on five. Like they really just treated that as though it didn't exist at all. And I don't think that's a, a good way of handling it. Yeah, although coming off four on four, it's such a possession based game. Like if you don't have possession to start it, there's not a whole lot you can do. Right. But they did have possession to start it. and They yeah, lost yeah. it like two seconds in. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, sh- sh- on, uh, them flipping that two nothing to three two shows us all we need to know about how our boys match up with this team. I still, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, there's not really anything I can use to argue against that. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Sergio, the uncounted goal in the second broke our spirit. I think there's a little something to that, although they got going in the third and then maybe they got going a little too much, RJ, by the time you get to the Yanni Gord charging call. Yeah, I think they got their energy back. Like, I think they actually recovered from it pretty darn well. Like whatever Hackstall said or didn't say in the locker room in that intermission, I think it worked. It's just you weren't able to get that one to tie it afterward. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, of course, <laughs> definitely right there with Lindsay, never forgiving the Oilers for taking away a Joey Decord assist. It's a primary assist too, RJ. <laughs> like, oh man, that's good stuff. As primary as it gets. I know. Like just to straight up to the guy, spring him, let him go in. Um, Chip, poor Joey save percentage. So that is part of the problem with that like last second, last minute goal. There, RJ was. It does. It does hurt Joey's save percentage here. Dropped him down to an eight, eight, nine for this game. Okay, I mean, for for one game, it's not too bad. I think his overall save percentage will stay all right. I think he's still. I mean, at least looking at money puck. Oh, did he just miss out on the quality start there? 
Yeah, because the Oilers had 3.75 expected goals. So that's tough. That is tough. Um, let's see here. Uh, Sergio, the next game is versus Toronto. It'll be key. If the Kraken can win, we likely stop the bleeding. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got four games after that that look favorable, we'll say, based on the scheduling and stuff. If you're able to get one against Toronto, which, hey, Toronto's beatable. Like, we know that. Oh, about yeah. Toronto. Very beatable they're, right now. They're dealing with some tough stuff. I don't know if they're going to win tonight. Just have to spot them a two-goal lead. Yeah. I mean, they won tonight, but still, you, yeah, exactly. You get them up or something, they'll find a way to blow that game later on. So I think there's a good chance the oil, the Kraken can turn this around against Toronto, especially coming back home. Maybe if you get another person back in the lineup, I think that'll help. Yeah. Um, See, Matthew's got all the goals out tonight with his hat trick. and now Exactly, exactly. And then he can only get one in the next game how he works uh sean but is that not the story of the kraken when things do go wrong two solid periods plus but then 10 to 15 minutes that lead to a loss that is a problem for this team like they they are a team that when the momentum gets working against them and maybe this is speaking to the don't have a superstar rj but it does feel like they they lack that person who's able to go out there and kind of just turn things around for the team when they need it yeah, and that's that's what a superstar brings to the teams that have a player like that. They can kind of lift you out of those situations. Kraken don't have one yet. One day they will, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay pointing out, Leafs are very beatable right now, and we get them on the second half of a back-to-back. So there we go. That's even more good news going into that game. Um, circling Seattle Sports, do people still call each other Buster? RJ does. Yep. You should know that. You should know that. Um, yeah, come on, Buster. You got to know better than that. <laughs> yes. Cappy, if Turbo had, could, could have cashed in on that breakaway, it could have been a totally different game. Yeah, that's another one there, RJ, right? Like, Would that have made thought, it 3 nothing? It would have made it 3 nothing in the first period. Right? like I, I think that's too big of an ask to expect Brandon Tanner to score on a breakaway, though. We did talk we, about I think that. we all just need to accept that he's not going to do that. He does struggle in those opportunities and in those situations, unfortunately, because he's really good at generating them for himself, right? He's got the legs. They're always working all that. What good was stuff. the line in the, he's, um, he's all hands, he's all feet, no hands. Yeah, that's, there it is. <laughs> it's the line of Brandon Tanev, unfortunately, but yeah, because then at that point, RJ, that was still even like early on, there was still about like, 10, like what, eight minutes left in the first period. You wonder if they pull Skinner. Yeah, they might. Right, like you give it up three breakaway right goals in like twelve minutes of a game. I would pull my goalie in that situation just to try yeah. to wake up the team. Like that totally changes the dynamics. So good call out there from from Cappy. Carts uh, turned around and said, "Good sir, I do detest that you have grabbed upon my collar. My hit was clean as newborn's bottom. Now unhand me." That. I mean, I think you're close, Light. Maybe that's a slight bit more wordy than it looked like what Cart said, but I think you're close. <laughs> You got the spirit. You got the got yeah, the gist of it. Definitely, definitely. Brooks agreeing. Need Turbo to work on finishing ASAP. Um, it wouldn't wouldn't hurt. I like this uh, from Lindsay. Warren McFogel and Zach Heisaitl always hurt us. They do. It's true though. Like, how do we, the Kraken have to be the best team in the league at shutting down Drysaitl and McDavid, RJ, and still finding a way to somehow get beat? Yeah, you know, Nobody at least else. it's not from Evander Kane this time. 
I I never brought it up on the live game commentary, but I was thinking it the entire time. Was like, oh my, like at least he has, he's been unnoticeable. Goal, yeah. yeah, he's been unnoticeable. Let's keep it that way. But yeah, it's it's crazy how consistent they're able to play against McDavid and Drysdale and still not find ways of winning. Like that's yeah. that's very hard to do. I got to imagine. Um, Zoe, their zone entries on the power play make me sad. Me too. Trust me, no one's no one's more sad than me when it happens. Habak, <laughs> um, if my math is correct, then we have a big win streak coming. My sources are saying eleven games. All right, well, I would take that. Yeah, I like those uh, sources. <laughs> optimistic sources. <laughs> yes, uh, Nicole, it's worse because it reminds me of losses from the beginning of the season. Falling asleep for ten minutes cost us. Can't keep it up. Uh, that's yeah, I, I understand that Nicole and it is, it's, it is, this does feel more like a loss from the beginning of the season. I would agree with that RJ. Yeah, I, I agree too. Yeah. Um, let's see, talking about, uh, the rule stuff there. Um, Rebecca, yeah. Didn't that happen in another cracking game recently? I remember talking about this, the major thing did it. Maybe that's why I saw it. I don't know. might've happened earlier in the season. Um, Let's see. Uh, Oilers jumped the Kings in the standings and would face Vegas again if the playoffs started right now. L.A. has only one win in their last 10 and is currently trailing Nashville. Yikes. Two teams headed in opposite directions oh for gosh. sure. That Edmonton-Vegas series would be – rematch would be interesting. Yeah. I think Edmonton wins if that gets played right now, but it won't get played right now. So if it yeah. gets played at the end of the season, I think Vegas takes it. Yeah, Nicole's got me. If Hayden had played, he would have broken his leg again. I'm sorry. It's true. I didn't think about that. <sighs> Can't put them in those spots. Uh, and Byron looked it up after it happened to the Firebirds because I was so confused. And Rebecca saying, yeah, it happened to the birds mm. there. Uh, Cappy positives. I think Dumo looked really good tonight. I mean, like, I think Dumo has been playing basically at this level for a while now. Right. Like he's it's limited opportunities and stuff. He's just solid. Like it hasn't been any standout great moments from him. But he's he is playing solid. I, I know the the pairing uh, advanced stats numbers you were reading on the on the live game commentary didn't sound great for that pairing though. Yeah, they weren't. But I, I liked what Dumoulin brought on that pairing. I mean, there was that one play that we noticed where he had a really good stick that took away a sure scoring chance. And and I guess what I was impressed with the most from him too is that look, he's not the fastest player. Like there are a lot of Oilers that can just skate right around him, but the smarts like to put himself in spots where he really didn't get beat with the speed or he could kind of position himself to neutralize it, and make it not that big a deal. Like that's veteran savvy. Yeah, no, he's playing really, really well for a third pairing defenseman, which is what he is for this team. And that's all he's got to do. And so yeah. I, I've been on board with Dumoulin lately. Uh, Light, I guess this may be controversial, but did the Kraken fade away after the overturned goal? I felt like the team did good um, that pushing uh, about pushing in the third after it. Yeah, so I thought they faded for the last minute 52 that was left in that game, and I said it when it was being reviewed, that if it was going to be taken off the board, if you're not going to be able to fight back right away, if you're going to let that turn momentum, then you just need to survive a minute 52. And the Kraken did, barely, but they did. And then they were able to adjust things in, over the intermission, which is, I feel like, what the best you could hope for in that situation. Yeah, and I pointed out at the time, too, I was impressed with, you know, again, whatever Hackstall did at intermission to get the players in the right mindset to go out there and compete. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, Penguins loss was worse, in my opinion. This is from Lindsay. New York Rangers back to back. Uh, it was a scheduled loss and Oilers was a near win or 3-3 tie. Dang offsides. So, yeah, you know, 
the offsides one or uh, the Tana breakaway, right? Like there was multiple yeah, things. There's always multiple to, things. Yeah. Oh, for five on the power play. Like there's lots of things we could point to beyond just the offsides one, even though that one certainly stings the most. Um, Rebecca, yeah, I had a friend watching the Pens game and I was like embarrassed for that to be the version of the Kraken they saw. At least the team resembled itself today and scored. Rebecca, yes, that's true. I forgot about that too. It's, oh, not, not great stuff there um yeah and jake agreeing this was better than that one uh becca columbus was the nastiest game we won but we lost so much plus the vibes and officiating were rock bottom i mean that was kind of a turning point right like they won that game mccann got back on the board and he's kept up that pace too right picks up another one in this one rj but yeah i mean just walking out of there with so many guys either getting sick or hurt certainly hurt this team yeah, that was the at what cost game <laughs> where they won, but uh, we weren't sure it'd be worth it in the long term. And three games later, it, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Now I'm going to pull a stratic here, RJ, and I want to ask you which goal you preferred tonight, right? They were both of the breakaway variety, a lot of fun, and they both had incredible setups that I was really, really impressed by because they both came off of the Kraken generating turnovers in their own zone and then being able to use stretch passes or, or fun nifty passes to get it up the ice and start attacking quick. So RJ, which one was your favorite? Uh, good question. I mean, I, I, I got to go with the first one just because you have McDavid coming down on that play and you just have defense by committee right you got three players in there which means you had forwards back as well like Bjorkstrand was the final guy to knock that puck off of McDavid's stick and then he's able to turn it around quickly make that stretch pass up to Tolvin and like that's what the Gord line does like in a nutshell at their best you know is there and actually Wenberg was the guy on McDavid like in front of him right mm -hmm. he was covering for the D um so I mean that's you know, the, the defensive forwards on this team are just second to none. And you saw it there. Yeah. I mean, you get the, the Borg in a little poke check, gets it up out, out and over to uh, Bjorkstrand and then out to Tolvi. I like the McCann goal because McCann generates a turnover in the defensive zone. He parks himself in a passing lane, picks off a pass that was headed to McDavid or no, it was from McDavid, I think. So he, mm -hmm. or no, headed to McDavid. One McDavid was involved again. And McCann It was from McDavid headed for Eckholm. Eckholm, yeah. He picks off the pass, perfectly placed himself in that passing lane, is able to generate that, moves it up ice, and then just gets going, gets on his horse, starts skating down the ice. You get pretty passes along the way to get it up to him, especially that one from Eberly to kind of really spring him as they're entering the offensive zone. But to generate and create the turnover pretty far deep into your own defensive zone, RJ, and then get all the way up the ice and then finish pretty on a breakaway opportunity, like when do you see that happen? Like that doesn't happen very often. And so I just, I absolutely love that because that was a true, you know, what 185 foot effort from Jared McCann on that goal. Like that's incredible. I, I was just thinking like, you hear so much about, you know, 200 foot players, but you rarely see almost like a 200 foot play, play? in yeah. itself. And, and that breakaway too, the way he pauses as he's about to shoot, he looks like he's going to go deep to the backhand. Like yeah. if I'm if I'm watching that in slow motion, I think, OK, he's deacon to the backhand. And I think Skinner thought it, too, because he was totally unprepared for that shot. Yes, he was. He was he was frozen. Um, but yes, it's just one of those things like if you were to casually describe it to somebody where you were just like, yeah, Jared McCann stole the puck in the defensive zone and then he scored on a breakaway. Right. You're thinking it was like what he intercepted a pass between blue liners up top and just skated up the gut. And it's like, no, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
But yeah, I don't think they Stratic favorite... saying you like the Wenberg goal best. And yes, I did too, but I figured couldn't go with that one. No, I, I, I will always stand by that McCann goal. That was just great. Um, <laughs> Uh, B, I don't think they faded away after the goal went away, but I think it did turn the momentum a bit. Like they came out in the third with energy, but it just wasn't enough to keep things in their favor. Uh, good, good opinion there. Um, let's see. Are we hoping for the Leafs to put in Martin Jones or Sammy? Both sound like a setup, especially Martin Jones revenge game masterclass from a box. You know, I, Martin Jones would be better for the entertainment and the storylines, like if we're, we're media covering the game. But I think if you want the win, Samsonov, uh, he's much more hit yep. or miss. Um, and the Jones revenge game totally could happen. I could see that. Yeah, I, I think so. And Lindsay saying Martin Jones tribute video. Think we see one? Probably. I think we do. I see. I think we see a short one. I think we see one. Yeah. How could you not? How could you not? Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> everybody keeping want want to keep Evans in the lineup. Uh, Ricky, keep Riker. Trade Schultz will bring something back. I mean, I don't know that you'd want to trade Schultz. You'd want that depth, especially on the blue line. Yeah, but you now could, that you don't have Megna anymore, you got to keep Schultz around just in case. Yeah, but you could certainly still have Riker in the lineup over him. I think that would be fair. Lindsay, just to be clear, Dylan is still anti bio warfare against McDavid. Lol. Yes, yes, I, on principle, yes. Uh, and again, it would not have helped us tonight anyway. So just saying. Someone just, you know, so begrudgingly against biological warfare. Like, yeah. fine, fine. Yep, there we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Viren letting us know McDavid has zero fighting majors in his career. So, yeah, if Karchik could have pulled that one off, that would have been great. Been really, really good. Yeah, I was hoping for a third minor penalty at least because McDavid's never had three penalties in a game in his career. Mm -hmm. So I that would have been yes. a first. You were sitting on that tweet for a long time. Rebecca saying I thought he was gonna get it in that scrum after the Gord hit. Yeah. Uh and then Rebecca pointing out he correctly learned his lesson in juniors by breaking his hand. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yep, yep. That was a long time back, but yeah, I remember it too. Um, let's see, Jake, but Tanev had that one beautiful one in season one. <laughs> he did. I remember that one. That might have been on a PK, actually. Yeah, I think so. And he, I think he went to the backhand and kind of a similar move. The one he was he, trying today. He had Skinner today, like Skinner bit on the forehand Deke. He had him. He just couldn't finish. He's just snake bitten. <laughs> he is. Um, let's see. Uh, light. We should 100% move Schultz. He has value and we have someone who's better than him right now. Trade him before he spends time on the bench till the deadline. Um, so definitely a different take there. Uh, Sean, my wife just chimed in. If, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. Oh, turbo. <laughs> that is true. Oh man. Um, Let's see. Absurdly said, I think mild-mannered social studies teacher, Mr. Bjorkstrand, is the most likely Kraken to call people buster. You're 100% right on that. 1,000%. Definitely. Yep. All day. All day. Lindsay Riker over Schultz when done is healthy. Agree that we could trade Schultz at the deadline and maybe find a little value in return instead of letting him be a free agent again. I mean, several people are saying that, RJ. I really don't know how much value Schultz would have on the trade market. I think he'd have a decent amount of value. I think, I think you could get a second-round pick for him. Really? Yeah, the inflated trade market for defensemen at the deadline, yes. But I still don't support trading him, even if you can get a second-round yeah. pick. And the reason is, if you're if the playoffs are your target and your goal, which they should be, uh, then, you know, and you all takes is one injury, and all of a sudden you're going to have to have, what, 
Kale Flurry, Vili uh, yeah, somebody I mean, who we they, haven't seen yet this season playing playoff games for you. You just don't want that. No, I like I'm with you. I don't know. I feel like last year teams kind of learned their lesson at the trade deadline and we didn't see that kind of overinflated value for guys like him. Maybe. I mean, well, I, I think he's worth more than Magna. But, was. Well, Magna true. went for a fourth. Yeah, well, I was thinking a third, in which case a third okay. is definitely not worth giving up your depth in this situation as you're chasing yeah. a, a playoff spot. So, um, I mean, I mean, I'm with you either way. Like, I'm not moving him. I just, I don't know. Granted, we're only two years removed from Jeremy Lausanne getting you a second. So, who knows? That's yeah, true. Lausanne <laughs> did fetch a second. <laughs> Oh man. Um, Alfred Edmonton, Gord skating off the ice with blood on his face. It's on Seattle. Rematch when you're healthy and rested. Can't wait. Yes, I think if the Kraken were healthy and rested, not at the tail end of a road trip, this game would have been really interesting, RJ, given how prepared the Kraken were for it in the first period. Yeah, I think you could see, you know, if you catch the Kraken with everybody healthy, you could see maybe a statement game like they made in the Winter Classic against Vegas, where you come out and play just really solid defensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's always a good matchup between these two teams. Like, it feels like the Oilers usually get the better of it. But uh, again, I could I could see that changing the way the Kraken have played over the last couple of weeks. Definitely. And Stratic, I think, hits the nail on the head here. Vince would have enjoyed playing in this one, I think. Oh, yeah, this this game had Vince Dunn written all over it. He would love it. Oh, man. So, so, so good. Uh, Lindsay, hey, at least we stopped McDavid on that spin move and got revenge. Did you all see the Owen Tippett backhand spinorama tonight? Filthy. No, we'll have to go check that out afterwards. Or RJ will check it out right now, it looks like. Yep, watching uh, it right now. <laughs> crack it, dog. Our team is getting worse instead of better. We need a rebuild of the struggling Kraken. <laughs> I don't know that I'd go that far, Kraken Dog. I really don't know that I'd go that far. Um, and then, Zoe, there was that that tilted ice. There was. This this game was a classic tilted ice game, RJ. I'm telling you. All the goals, <laughs> except for one, happened all at the same end of the ice. And what's, what's crazy is normally, as the road team, when it's that way, RJ, Kraken had the benefits of it for the first and third periods, but they just couldn't finish. Yeah, the ice wasn't quite tilted enough in the third. Uh, they were getting chances, but uh, yeah, not not tilted quite enough. Yep. Um, let's see. Nicole saying Leafs play the Canucks the day before us, so I feel like we're getting Sammy. That's good. Probably, yeah, and especially Jones being a Vancouver native, you might want to get him in for that one. Yes. Um, Strag saying, RJ, you could still tweet it and ask what it would take for McDavid to get three penalties in a game. I guess so. Wouldn't do the same numbers. No, probably not. Um, let's... I mean, maybe if I frame it, you know, what would it take for you know the league's baby, you know, Connor McDavid to get three penalties in a game? I, I don't want to lean attention. into that. We would get attention. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that it's attention we want. <laughs> uh, from El Bell, we need to win again so Joey can get his empty netter. He deserves it after being denied his assist tonight. Yeah, I mean, this will light even more of a fire under him, I think, RJ, for that one. Yeah, although, you know what? Is it bad that I'm kind of relieved that he didn't score one on the road trip? Because if he scores a goal, I kind of want to be there to see it. How selfish of you, RJ. You could at least say I want to be there so I could ask him about it and get it out to all of the wonderful ECH community members. Yeah, okay. There. It's all about the phrasing, RJ. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but no, I, I don't blame you. I mean, we talked about this earlier. Was that earlier this year on the red glare? 
about like what would you rather be there for like a, a goalie goal or something oh else? yeah or a, a goalie fight yeah goalie fight yeah and i think we both said goalie goal right like how do you yeah do i think so i hey, hey we've got a real cool. shot at it feels yeah. like yeah crack could definitely do and so does everybody if you go to the hockey gods game. answering Mm-hmm. answering our prayers that's it so uh crack and doc we have absolutely no star players ask Batman for our expansion money back we suck <laughs> i like this from nicole sin city make a burner account i know maybe <laughs> maybe crack and dog is throwing this one in there of course Beneers is injured yes that is true um but yeah that's it's it, not not too bad like look they're deeper than most teams and when they're healthy that depth plays certainly come playoff time that's why it's important that they can just get there and then who knows what can happen uh and stratic pointing out with justin schultz he's got a ring he has value that is very I was true. thinking about that actually. Like GMs are gonna value that. And you know who he'd have the most value to because of that, RJ? The Edmonton I... Oilers. Oh, yep. There you go. No Ken team, Holland. No team He's all about rings out, in the room. Yep, no team will go out of their way to trade for somebody with you know ridiculous value to add another ring to the room than the Edmonton I, They Oilers. wanted to give up a first for Susie, seemed like mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. year. Kraken wouldn't move him, but Yep, light. You know, you know, I was wondering about that Sin City fellow. Was looking forward to him after the Winter Classic. <laughs> yeah, suspiciously missing for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian, not a hockey question, but I've been wondering this all watch along. Is that a one piece shirt, Dylan? If so, nice. Yes, it is. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> it's from their uh, collaboration with Cloud Nine, the esports organization, and I'm rocking a brand new set of one piece keycaps too on my keyboard because of it so good good stuff we'll talk some sometime about it christian i know what some <laughs> of those pro- words are yeah more appropriate <laughs> he understood collaboration and keycap maybe keycap <laughs> i actually that might be a stretch you know i didn't know that one <laughs> okay but I, I know what one is and i know what piece is not together but i just <laughs> yes um let's see uh I'll, I'll play my hand before the armchair gm stream toronto is 100 five 100% looking for a guy like Schultz okay there we go I think we could get an interesting return from their forward group who has been messy this season interesting I'll save the rest for the stream it's Mitch Marner yep yep that's the one that's who you target (laughs) and and Ricky hey hey, if they're 105% looking for him yes and and Ricky asking yep Leafs are playing playing trash at second third pairs they are like they do need defensive depth like the the Leafs do uh wait until after Sunday I would say <laughs> probably yeah. would be a good idea um but yeah and then uh Viren is there anyone who is who even has the cap space to do that trade now uh Schultz trade I think so like his cap not, is not terrible is it it's really not like he's not being paid that much but just nobody has any cap space right now it seems like again Schultz's contract is only three million how many teams have over three million in cap space right now? Let me look. Uh, in projected cap space: Arizona, Columbus, Nashville, Anaheim, Buffalo, Chicago. So six. Yeah, I mean, deadline cap space is a different story. You know, most teams are going to have that space at the deadline, but like, not many. Hey, Nashville, let's do a repeat of the Lausanne trade right now. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, do it. We can do it. Um, <laughs> let's see uh doesn't play with enough grit yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh everybody 
sorry, the Kraken dog guy here. Everybody's that we were now all realizing that he's just a bad troll. Um, let's see, is this that one? Oh, yeah, the van, one Vancouver guy. Speaking of Vince Dunn, where's Holloway these days? Byron, oh, yeah, Holloway. Um, I mean, still with um, oh, wait, I didn't notice him. Is he a scratch? What's going on? I was gonna say, like, what. What am I missing? Bakersfield here? Condors. What am I missing here? Explain it. Dylan Holloway. Board. Dylan Holloway in the Oilers org, but now he's down with Bakersfield. Yeah. What's the connection to Vince Dunn? Why am I spacing? They have like three fights. They, oh. they they fought multiple times in the NHL. I knew that. They've got history. <laughs> yeah. It took me a second. Don't worry, Dylan. Yeah. I mean, has he as the member of the Kraken? I think I remember one fight with yeah. him with the Kraken and this season. Oh. Oh yeah, that that's why. That's why. Yeah. Um, let's see. Trade Maddie for McDavid and I'm happy. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, Al, three breakaways in the first period. I would say that stretch pass was working for the Kraken. It really was. I mean, we made the joke because they were struggling down low, RJ, in the offensive zone. They could not hold on to a puck or complete a pass, particularly below the goal line. So I was wondering if the Kraken were just farsighted because they could make these <laughs> gorgeous stretch passes up the ice like it's nothing. And then they just couldn't even like connect when they were like three feet away from each other. I still don't know what's up about that. Like This is the worst the Kraken have ever looked doing that, considering over half of the season, RJ, they were built around connecting on passes below the goal line in the offensive zone. And then this one, they were just all off you know, on various pages in different books entirely. <laughs> I like that. I like that sort of <laughs> phrase. <laughs> various pages of different books entirely. Uh, but but you're right. Yeah. I mean, their they're passing in those areas was not what it usually was. I mean, thankfully, the stretch passes were working. That's usually a, a staple of, for the Kraken, though. They do apparently lead the league in stretch passes. Um, but the Oilers did adjust to it. That's the kind of thing where you can catch a team off guard early in a game when they're not ready for it. But good mm -hmm. teams are going to adjust. Yeah, definitely. Um, Habak here. Our team doesn't suck. It's just a Seattle sports team. Let them cook. Yep. <laughs> that's, all, that's all we got to do, everybody. Got to gotta recognize the difference. Yep, yep, definitely. <laughs> good stuff. Oh, man. Oh, good, good stuff. Uh, Brooke, Dylan, love the myotic in the background, too. Yes, it's a whole shelf of uh, Pokemon plushies up there just out of, of out of frame. Almost all water Pokemon because they're the best. Not that I'm trying to start anything. Um, <laughs> Chat just explodes. <laughs> I, that would be great. I would so welcome like just a, a Patreon like po Pokemon chat. Like that would be mm -hmm. so good for me. I did see somebody earlier saying sports is just Pokemon because you have coaches who are like the trainers. The players are like Pokemon because they go out there and they do battle. And then when they get injured, they go to like a training room or the hospital, like the Pokemon Center. And that's that's Pokemon. And they're not wrong, actually. Like, that is kind of what happens. Yeah, I guess so. Is this analogy how we get me into Pokemon? Just uh, maybe, look at it like sports? Maybe. I'm just saying coaches devise the scheme. They tell the players what to do. The players go out there and they, they do the battle and one wins. I mean, that's Pokemon. Um, You can hang out with them. They're buddies, right? Like, that's it's Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Some good stuff. Uh, the Oilers bringing back Justin Schultz after he was run out of town as a young player would be hilarious. Yes. I, I wasn't even thinking about that striatic when I when I brought up the idea of him going there. But, yeah, it's that yeah, would maybe be not. interesting. It would be interesting. I don't know that he would 
sign off on that if he has the yeah. ability to say no. Uh, Bach, what is Seattle sports without a little pain and suffering? Yeah, that's very true, unfortunately. Would like would like to not always have it, but oh no, oh no. Um, Bryce, my friend tells me One Piece gets really good after 100 episodes, and I don't think we value time the same way. Dude, <laughs> I mean, I think it gets good at points in that first 100 episodes, but I'm like, yeah, no, I'm telling you, there's some good sections of good 100 episodes at a time, and then maybe like dips for 50 episodes or so. Um, yeah, it's wild. It's a wild ride. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but also I hope everybody gets to experience it. Um, <laughs> could we sign Warren Fogel this summer in Armchair GM? Ooh, I, I don't see why not. Is his contract that I, I'm not immediately familiar with his contract status? Yes, he's a UFA. Absolutely, we can do that on the armchair GM Sounds stream. Good. Looking forward to it. Just uh, throw that in chat and we can look at him as the solution. I mean, hey, he scores a couple goals a game. Uh, that that would help the Kraken's goal output. Yeah, We just project two goals per game. Yep. Lindsay, Preds beat the Kings, but we avoided the worst possible scenario in overtime where both teams get points. Yes, that was the one thing. I've tried really hard not to not to mention it. But yeah, that was that is good that we have avoided that one. Um, Nicole pointed out Calgary lost today as well. That was certainly good. Uh Zoe telling me Dunn is the only person Holloway has ever fought. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. So there is definitely like something going on there. Yeah. I, I think I think we asked him about it after that last game too. you know, the history there. And he just said something like, you know, we have history. I'll leave it at that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Demir is asking, what makes the Preds good? Is it all goaltending? Uh, that's say, a good question. I was I was going to say no, because isn't Soros kind of struggling this year a little bit, or at least, you know, for him? I mean, he hasn't like, uh, yeah, he's he's got pretty high standards, but he hasn't been like the the world beater that he usually is. I, I yeah, think three point oh two goals like, against average is certainly high for him, and nine hundred save percentage is definitely low for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, half the games are, are quality starts, but you know, no, I think, I mean, you're you're seeing, I think they're finally having a lot of their players that you know are healthy throughout the full, like Philip Forsberg. He's played every game so far, and he's mm -hmm. scoring at more than the point per game pace. Like they're they're a team that has a lot of good young depth. I think that, that they yeah. really need with some of their better players being older guys. Like I'm thinking about guys like Evangelista, like Tommy Novak, mm -hmm. you know, Phil Tomasino, like names we don't really know that well, but like just are really solid uh, secondary pieces. Right. I was just going to say, they, they kind of remind me of the Kraken in the sense that they have depth. The difference is they have just a rock star, superstar finisher in Forsberg. And then they have like that true definitive number one center in Ryan O'Reilly. Right. Like those are the guys that when Nashville finds themselves in games or moments like the Kraken found themselves in tonight, they find a way to at least get that game to overtime, if not win it. Right. Yeah. Those two guys kind of have that potential. And it feels like the Kraken just don't have two guys like that on their group. Yeah. And and they know how to defend as a team. They're really good one through six on that blue line. I mean, they have been for like a decade that that yes. Preds team, no matter who cycles in or out. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to say, Roman Yossi is like a power play god, too. So that helps. <laughs> keeps the, yeah, definitely he helps. alone keeps their special teams up there. But I, I really like that question. And and yeah, it's because it's That's an a good interesting question. one. It's an interesting one. Really like that question. Um, let's see. Um, Chandler, the, the stretch passes were worse since Dunn wasn't the passer. <laughs> <laughs> they were still good. They were still good. Um Let's see, Brooke. My boyfriend loves Pokemon, but is indifferent on sports. New strategy, lol. <laughs> Definitely. There you go. 
definitely. Um, let's see. B, ECHL to AHL to NHL, a.k.a. Pokemon Evolution. Of course. Of course. Um, and then so You could do a whole stream on this. I could totally. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to have to make a video about it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I, that could get a lot of views if it hits the algorithm yeah. just right it could sports uh, equals pokemon makes sense they did show sunglasses sack squirtle the kraken game well yeah but how do you not show that yeah i mean that was shown everywhere and everything because of course it was yep definitely good uh habak who wants to kidnap austin and keep him in seattle mustache boy isn't going anywhere it's a good thing I'm not up there, RJ. I would be a person of interest, I feel like, if that was to happen, whether yeah, I was involved I, or not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, you know, I'm not a snitch, but I, I might be pointing the finger at you. I, cause I, I don't know. How can it be anyone else? Yeah. Um, like, I still think we need to sign Kessel for no other reason than to keep a Kraken killer off the market, lol. I, let's bring him in, RJ. Hey, you know, as as media covering this team, I would love it. Mm -hmm. Be all, all for it. Yep, definitely, definitely. Uh, Nashville actually underperforming their team analytics. That's mm. really that's kind of surprising. Uh, they don't seem like a team that scary. would do that. Yeah, well, right. Mm -hmm. That is true. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Christian saying Kraken need to have a Nintendo night. Being uh, being that Nintendo is local, yeah, I mean that's a really good idea. It's a really good idea. Well, because we know they went there to do the Mario Kart tournament, right? To their last off season, yes. As um, uh, where is it? Uh, Brooke pointing out, Nintendo of America and Pokemon both have offices in Bellevue and share a suite in CPA. They could totally have a night. That is something that absolutely needs to happen. Should I float that one to PR? uh yeah we i yes actually yes you should totally i don't like know just casually in conversation but just get the idea in their heads yeah no um there we go doing that real quick Sorry. thank you Sorry. Dylan. i was, I was hoping you talk for a second um but yeah, yeah i think that needs to happen especially because like the the whole mario kart thing went really well yeah, it went great. I, I mean, that was such a great theme for the team last year. And in chat, Brooke and Christian, yes, RJ, yes, do yes, it. Yes. Becca, okay, I figured, yeah, and in chat, everyone's going to be all for it. Yeah, and it'd be saying, imagine a Pokemon thing crack in Jersey. I know, who was it up here? Um, was talking about the, the Marvel Knights. Yeah, I was so jealous when the Kings had Marvel Knight and Marvel jerseys crack and need to have the Nintendo Knight. Yeah, no, it's that would be that would be so dope. I mean, you so want dope. money. Like making a, a theme Nintendo theme jersey. Come on, those things would sell. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and then Habak confirmed Soros is the most career losses by a goalie against the Kraken. Weird. So there you go. We just need to play more games against Nashville. I like that stat. That's a good that's an interesting stat. You could you're gonna use that in the media room, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, oh, you it. know it. I'll, I'll credit Habak. Yes, <laughs> that's good. Um, imagine a Nintendo goalie mask from Joey from Mega Man Zero. Oh man, that would that would be so yeah. dope. Oh, yeah. By the way, on like on the Habak with, with that stat, right? I mean, 
you guys are like a superpower mm -hmm. for us, by the way, and like in media yes. circles, because you guys bring up like the coolest stuff, the most interesting stats. And like this community is like we got hundreds of people that, you know, that bring up cool stuff. And I mean, we get asked all the time, like, where did you come up with that? Like whether it's a stat or some observation, it'd be like it was on the Discord. Someone just posted. I think most recently it was with the the team record on the bobblehead nights. And I asked yeah. Gwenberg about that. And like everybody else in the scrum just looked at me like, how did you know that? And like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Hey, it was just on the discord. Yeah, no, we do that. I, I've done that, um, at games, both down here and visiting up there, like just brought up stats and, and yeah, people are like, Oh, how did you know that? And it's like, oh, the ECH community. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have it? No, <laughs> I'm not that obnoxious. <laughs> Not all really. the time. I think they would still say I'm obnoxious, but not that bad. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, no, it would be like printing money if they did some sort of Pokemon thing for sure. And Kraken Goalie's a starter Pokemon from Becca. I will think about that and I will get back to you, Becca, because I want to spend a little more time than what we can do uh, for, mm -hmm. for right now. Um, it's five, by the way. He's lost to us five times from Habak there. Huh. So that's okay, yeah, really solid. I the Kraken that much. Yeah, and then from Absurdly Sane, I feel like I heard a week or so ago that one of our guys is slash was a big Pokemon guy, but I've forgotten who. How did I miss that if that did happen like a week ago? Yeah, I I mm. don't remember hearing anything about that. I don't know how I would have missed it. Mm. I Yeah, I can ask I around like, and figure I out. I feel like a lot of people, yeah. Maybe I should just do that like next time I'm up there or in the visitors locker room or something down here. And I should just I should just casually bring up Pokemon somehow and just see who turns to look at me with that glint yeah. in their eye. Yep. Just, yeah, have a conversation with with someone in the media, just a little bit louder than usual. And mm -hmm, yeah, see who looks mm -hmm. over. Uh, Lindsay Donskoy was the Pokemon fan. Oh, there we go. Oh. Christian Donskoy should be the Pokemon uh, PR the Kraken resident Pokemon fan. Yes. No, oh, we should we could do that. Did you see his ODR RJ? Kraken logo. Oh, yes, I did. I did. Yep. He's he's cracking for life now. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. And then light here. Positive to end the night. Vince was dressed at morning skate today. He could be back at home. Brighter days are on the horizon. It's nice that we are not back in the mindset from November. That is for sure. Like this has been a three game losing streak, RJ. And yet here we are. We're all having fun talking about this stuff. Yeah, we are. No, definitely a different feeling than when the losses pile up seven, eight in a row like that. Still general optimism about the season, I think. Yep. Definitely, definitely. Oh, and Brooke Winberg has an Instagram picture with the salmon captioned with something about Magikarp. Winberg, interesting, interesting. I've never spoken with him, so maybe this is my in. Yep. <laughs> Casually bring up Pokemon. It's better than me awkwardly trying to speak Swedish to him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I feel like that's much, much better ground for me to start on. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for having this this fun time uh, with us here. I know the game didn't quite go as much as well as we wanted it to. Still some positive moments from it. Still some good effort from the boys in this one. RJ felt like still able to talk about some good stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be on to Toronto back home. Hopefully everybody gets healthy. Yeah, that's the best part. They're coming home. I'm looking forward to getting some to watch some games in person again. And I think they still got that home winning streak going so uh, we they can keep it going. 
Yeah, that's true. And look, look, they went on a massive winning streak there. So three losses, not the worst thing in the world, especially if that's where all their injuries are going to kind of pile up in. And then we can get away from that and get back to winning. So looking forward to that game against the Leafs soon. Thanks to everybody who joined us tonight. Thank you all for the super chats, those who gave. And thanks to the patrons one more time for joining us for the live game commentary. Had an absolute blast watching that game with everybody. And thank you, everybody, for letting me talk about Pokemon. It's the best. You're welcome, you're, Dylan. You're all, the, you're all the best. All right, everybody. We'll see you after uh, that uh, that Leafs game.